Welcome, welcome, welcome to Push Talk Real Talk with Dom. Hello, everyone. I just want to say God is good. He's amazing. He's wonderful. And he does not forget. I don't care how long you've been in the situation and you think it's over and he forgot about it. Baby, he has not forgot about it. He ain't forgot about you and the promises he said he would do for you and give you, okay? And I know I talk about this a lot. It's, and it's because it's true. Like, it's evidence in my life is evident in my life okay if you've been listening to my podcast episode i mentioned a few times just the issues i was having with my last job and the issues were discrimination because of my race and nationality and because of my disability i had a mean boss who was just wicked and evil um and a witch she was a witch my daughter didn't put her out there saying she did things that were witchcraft, right? So this woman just could not stand me. She hated my positivity. She hated that I would unify the clinic. You know, we had a di- we work in a diverse clinic. We have um, Asian, African, Black, you know, Latinos. You know, it's just different races there. Um, Indian, okay? So, but with me, you know, I would... There would be times where there would be kind of like cliques amongst the race of people. And I, I just didn't get down like that. And Father God used me to always unify the clinic. You know, I didn't just hang with the black people. I hung out with everyone. I went out to lunch with everyone. And she hated it. Okay, because it went against what she was trying to do. She was trying to keep her countrymen together and separate her countrymen away from the other races. And so she was, she was so discord. She was, she would do things to, she would show favoritism to her countrymen. Just many of the things that she gave us black people and Latinos, but specifically black people a hard time. She was more lenient with the Latinos and Spanish um, race because she needed them for, you know, bilingual. But with black people, she didn't see a use for us. And so she just treated us like crap. Her countrymen, they can do whatever they want. They didn't have to work hard. If they wanted to leave the job early, they could. If they wanted to come to work late, they could. They didn't have to show proof or anything of why they wanted to do these things. They could just do whatever they want. But when it came to a black person, we had to show proof. We had to have documentations. We had to have meetings. We had to have this. We had to have many other things. She was mean. She would micromanage us. She would have her countrymen watch us. They would be sneaking, watching us. They would come in a room where we were at. If they saw two black people talking amongst each other, they would come in just to see what we're talking about. They would stand around to try to get um, a good ear on what was being discussed. It was horrible. She made my little life there a living hell. She did everything to try to push us out so that she can push her, put her countrymen in our place. And for a while... I fought against it because I just didn't want to lose my job. I love my job. I love my patients. Um, I even love my coworkers. I love the money. Okay, baby, it was beautiful. It was good. And I love the benefits that it offered. But one other thing that I knew, um, it was a hindrance to my prayer life. It was a hindrance into my relationship with God because that job just kept me busy all the time. And by the time I get off work, I'm extremely tired. Okay, and it wasn't a part of my calling. It wasn't what I mean. God used it, 
to train me for such a time as this, but that wasn't my permanent place, my permanent station, okay? Um, and I ended up, not going to lie, because the money and the benefits was so amazing that I ended up making it my idol. So it really was in the in the way of what God had planned for me and also our relationship. And so he allowed this woman who practiced witchcraft, this woman who was evil, who was racist, who was very discriminative to attack me. Okay. And she just had this thing about me. And it wasn't until later on I learned that witches and warlocks cannot stand prophets. They hate prophets. Okay. And she hated my light. She hated the fact that I would unify the clinics. Okay. She hated the fact that I would speak up for what is right. I was never disrespectful. Never loud. You know, none of that aggressive none of that because i knew in, in this type of setting you can't be that way okay you would get sent to the office <laughs> but she hated the fact that i would be vocal about what was right and what was wrong and she hated the fact that she couldn't bully me like she bullied everyone else including her countrymen she hated the fact that i had a mind of my own she hated the fact that we as black people, you know, it was just certain things we just were not going to take. Okay. So, um, she was doing everything she could to push me out. And I was fighting so hard to stay. Even during my sickness, I was fighting so hard. She gave me a hard time when it came to doing my treatments. Okay. First, she didn't believe me that I was sick because, oh, you don't look sick. And I, I used to get that all the time where you don't look sick, but they don't even know I've been diagnosed with over 10 disorders and illnesses, but I don't look sick because we as black women, we just seem and appear strong because we have that bad habit of even pushing that too as well. Like, I'm not gonna let you break me. I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna be strong. And we have that habit. But it has caused us some disservice because when people see us, they don't believe that we are in pain. When we go to the hospital, they don't take our pain seriously. They don't take our issue seriously. And because I was strong and I was trying to be strong and, you know, I didn't have the support that other people would have. You know, when I was going through my illness, I was taking myself to treatments. I was praying on the way home. I was praying on the way there because my my neuropathy would act up or because the treatments were so harsh on my body, it would literally make me sick. You know, anybody who's receiving any type of treatment, you know, it's nausea, it's weight loss, it's headaches, it's um, bleeding, it's many other things. I was suffering horribly, but I didn't have that ability to have somebody to take care of me. I didn't have a, t a caretaker. I didn't. I would reach out to certain people, certain family members. Can you do this for me? And it didn't work. But I thank God for God because God truly got me through it. He got me through it.
I look back on it and I'm just like, my Lord, it was impossible. I couldn't do it on my own. To this day, I don't know how I was driving. I don't know. Ooh, Jesus. But he got me through. I don't even know how I was able to work. I don't even understand how I was able to serve in the church. Okay? And these these drives to my treatments, it was a two-hour drive. Going there and coming back. So I'm on the road for four hours a day. Going to work four hours a day on the road and commute. Two hours to work, two hours back home. Two hours to my treatments, two hours back. It was horrible. And I just thank God for getting me through it all because it was impossible. People, they just couldn't believe it. The doctors, the nurses, they didn't understand it. They couldn't comprehend it. They wanted to do all kind of weird tests on me because they were just like, you got all this going on and you're still able to walk. How when your sensors, your nerves are off, it's, you got some paralysis going on in your body. How are you able to even do this? When there were other people who had my condition and they're hospitalized, they're in the hospital overnight, but I'm able to do treatments and go back home while others are still in the hospital. They had to go bullshit in and I'm say, and I worked through it all. I didn't stop. I didn't retire. I worked. I retired after my treatments. Do you hear me? I stopped my treatments in July. My last treatment was in July of 2021, and I retired August 31st, 2021. Y'all, I mean, baby, I'm at work with a cane. All these things, and this woman gave me a hard time. She didn't believe me at first, and then she used my disability against me. She didn't want to accommodate me. She didn't want to help modify my duties, but where her countrymen, they had it easy, easy peasy. When the COVID surge happened and many nurses, we had to be deployed into inpatients around COVID patients. She sent me there knowing that I had treatments, knowing that my immunity was in compromise. Knowing that if I get COVID, it could blow me, it could kill me. She still did it and made it to where she didn't report my modifications and my issues to the charge nurse in the deployment um, area. They had no idea that I was sick the way that I was until there were some incidents that happened over there and they went back to her like, why didn't you explain this to us? Why did you allow her? Why did you make her be deployed? Why did you deploy her? She would say because she had no job for me in the old department that I was in, which was a, a lie. I would walk there to see my old position not being filled, seeing that they were short staffed, but she refused to put me back. And then when we were able, all of us was able to go back to our position, she made sure that I didn't have my um, station she took my job from me and gave it to other people 
so that I couldn't go back to my position. She took my position from me and made me work like everyone else as if I didn't have any disability, but she allowed some of her countrymen because they had newborns to be in a safe environment away from patient care. But she had me in the midst of all of that nastiness. The woman gave me such a hard time and I'm giving you details so you will know the hell I went through fighting for my rights, fighting for my life, and just letting her know, like, you're not going to push me out of this. You're not going to push me out of my job. You're not. But after a while, my body literally started breaking down. After my treatments, my body still didn't recover as well. So my bones started to strip in my legs. The muscles, I was having a muscle dystrophy. Okay, my muscles were shrinking. I was breaking things. I was tearing muscles. I was spraining. It was horrible. I couldn't work anymore. You know, I had other employers, I mean, employees was like, Dominique, please stay. You got a case. Please stay. If you stay, you know, we can win. You can win for us. You got it. And, and I had documentations from DHR. The investigators let me know, hey, your complaints is a grade A. You have a case for multiple things. I didn't want to leave. But I couldn't take it no more. My body, my mental state, it couldn't take it no more. And I'm like, Lord, I lost. I lost. She won. The witch won. I was so hurt. And it was like I was losing everything. Everything. I lost everything behind this situation. But as of recently, and I mean recent, last week recent, I get a call from the investigators. We still want to work with you. Are you you still available? Do you still want to go through with this? Absolutely, yes. I'm like, God, I need this. I need that. God said you got me. That's all you need. I'll show you how to fight this thing. I'm like, I need a representative. I'll be your representative. Like, I was your representative in your custody battle early this year. And guess what? We won. You won over this, this disability. It didn't take your life like it took others. You pushed through because of me. I was your doctor. Before I could see a doctor, I explained before. I had to go through God before I could actually receive outside help. It wasn't until I got my relationship back and right with God that he started having me see uh, the psychologist, the neurologist, the podiatrist, the orthodox, everybody. I was seeing all kinds of specialists and it makes sense. He's been doing everything. He's been my doctor, my lawyer, my preacher, my teacher. He's been my caretaker, my way maker. Okay? He's been fighting for me. He's been doing it all for me. My provider, my deliverer, my healer. 
Yes. So he let me know, I'm going to get you through this too. Don't worry. You thought I forgot, didn't you? You thought she won. She didn't win. She was moving like she won too. I had to call a few of my old co-workers just to check up on them. You know? And they let me know, it's still miserable here. And all I can do is praise God because he got me out. He brought me out in my right mind. The way he's been taking care of me is more than what I was able to do with the money that I was making. Hallelujah. My mind is calm now. I don't stress like how I used to. I don't have as many flare-ups like I used to. I haven't had treatments since August. I'm not taking medications. I'm not. I'm just taking vitamins. Okay? Doctors are shocked. Okay? When I got sick early this year, it was around um, January. I got sick with COVID. Okay? And it caused my condition to flare up to where I started having paralysis um, in my right leg. Okay? And they wanted to start me on my treatments, but they told me that if I started my treatments, that it was just going to take me out. It wasn't no doubt about it. It was going to take me out. So I had to just deal with it on my own. I had to suffer. And then after um, getting over COVID, then I can go back to doing my treatments. But baby, my, my, my body has been functioning well that I don't have to do treatments. No relapse. Hallelujah. And the only reason why I had a small relapse in January was because of COVID. And, and the crazy part about it, I wasn't going anywhere, but I had a friend come around me who was sick. Okay? I wasn't going out in the streets. I was staying home because I knew my immunity wasn't well. So I was doing the things to be precaution, to take precaution, I should say. But she was just out here in the streets and brought that thing home. And it got me. Lord have mercy. And she didn't isolate herself. So rude and inconsiderate. I isolated myself though. But she didn't. She knew she was sick and was still hanging around people. Didn't tell nobody either. Wicked. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Wicked. But God got me through that. <clears throat> excuse me and so I'm just encouraging y'all today like there's some things like I know I said it before but I'm giving God the glory and I'm letting you know the proof the proof is in my pudding in my life when I get on here and I talk about God and what he's doing in my life I'm just not talking out of thin air it's what I read through this Bible it's what is being taught to me through my leaders my mentors and it's what I'm experiencing in my life. How he's moving and operating in my life. Go to him with your problems. 
He will literally fight for you. He will be everything that you need in that season, in that time. Whatever you need. And we live in a society where we're so independent from God. We don't, we don't, we don't go to him. We don't talk to him. Some people say, oh, y'all lean on the Holy Spirit as a crutch. Y'all lean on the Holy Spirit for everything. Uh, yeah, I sure do. That's my daddy. Any decision I'm going to make, I'm making sure it's in his will. I'm going to talk to him about it. Because I used to have a bad habit of doing things without consulting my father, who can see further than I can, who knows more than me. Who can show me and guide me in the right way that I should go. In all my ways, in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him. I'm going to talk to him in the same manner that I would with my husband. Before I make any life decision and I have a husband, I'm going to talk to him. With my daughter, if there's some decisions that is going to change her life, I'm not saying I'm going to go to her for permission or anything, but I'm going to inform her of some things. She has an input of how her life is going to be turned up too. Yes, as an adult, I would talk to my child about some of the changes in our future. Why not? She's going to be affected by it just as much as I am. Lord, I'm not that type of parent. Bash me if you want. But I talk to my child. Not about everything because, you know, something she don't need to know right now. I don't want her to be um, or deal with things that are beyond her years. I want her to enjoy her youth. I didn't have that, that opportunity, that chance to do so. Being the firstborn, being around in the environment of alcoholism, and, and drugs abuse through family members. It, it, I had to grow up real, real fast. Being molested and sexually assaulted at the age of seven, I had to grow up by family members and a female neighbor. I had to grow up. It changed me. It changed my brain structure. So I do everything that I can to try to protect my daughter's innocence, her age. But there's just certain things in life that I have to teach my child because I can die tomorrow I don't want my child to be foolish I don't keep her in the dark of everything no let me talk to you about some things in the way the world is now TV social media is now our children are being exposed to all kind of things so let me let me tell you and show you the right way my baby in high school she lets me know her school is like euphoria you know that TV show about them high school kids that's just doing the most? She sees that. And I have to give her information about what she's in, the environment that she's in. Drug abuse, sex over here, perversion, immorality. She's around rich, wealthy kids whose parents allow them to do whatever they want. And they have access to many different things because they're wealthy. So she's more exposed to certain things that she wouldn't be exposed to if she was in this area or whatever, whatnot. So I have to prepare her. I have to guide her. I have to be open with her when it comes to sex, drugs, and everything else. And I thank God that my daughter comes to me 
about a lot of things, things that I don't be ready for. But baby, since you're there, let's talk about it. Hey, at school, started doing oral sex. I had to recently inform her, baby, you know, just let you know we're oral sex. You can get STDs too now. That's not a safe way. I know the girls, you know, they may think that doing ain't no, and yes, these, this is the conversation I'm having with my daughter who's getting ready to go to the 10th grade. They think because they do it anally that it's safer. It's not. You can get a disease in your butthole too. I have to have these tough conversations with my daughter because it didn't happen for me. I had to learn things on my own. My mother was not comfortable with discussing stuff like that. My auntie had to teach me about menstrual. She had to teach me how to use a pad. My mom was she she didn't she she didn't talk to me about sex and things like that and drug abuse and and things like I had to learn a lot on my own whether it was all in the world or my auntie who was just not ashamed to talk about it. So <laughs> I went off in the direction, but I'm just saying, y'all, God. Because he guided me through those conversations. When she would come to me about some hard topics, baby, I was I had to pray. Lord, help me with my facial expression. Help me with my um, non-communication behavior and action. My non-verbal cues. Make sure that my body is not presenting it to where I'm judging her. Or that I'm about to, you know, condemn her. Help her to see that I'm open. Help me to, to present myself as an open parent. Whatever you're going through, you can talk to me. I'm not going to judge you. No matter how my, uh, uncomfortable I may feel inside or how hurtful it is to hear. But I need to know. Back in the days when she was going through some stuff with her father. I didn't want to hear it because it hurt me. To know that my baby was hurt. Or being hurt. But I had to let mommies hear. What is it baby? What's going on? Talk to me. And I couldn't react. Because if she knew that it was making me emotional. That I would probably go and go crazy. She would keep things from me. Just to protect me or to keep me from going left. So I had to show her that I was trustworthy and that I had self-control. That mommy can, can handle her emotions. You ain't got to worry about me going directly to your father. I'm going to go do things the right way. I had to build that up with her and God helped me through it all. So whatever, you know, you may think they your enemy. You know, they didn't hurt you. They didn't did some things to you. And you think that God has forgotten. He hasn't. Now he loves your enemies just as much as he loves you. And he wants them to repent and turn from their wicked ways just as much as he wants the same from you. He's giving them grace and mercy for their mistakes just like he's doing it for you. So he he's being patient with them just as much as he's being patient with you. 
But if they continue to keep on doing that wicked stuff, oh, they're going to have to pay. There's consequences for your action now. You may not suffer as much because he's giving you grace and mercy. Because he loves you. But at the end of the day, you do something, baby. You will reap the consequences of your doing. It may not be as harsh with him. But there's some consequences to that. And if you don't turn from your wicked ways, baby, you're going to feel his wrath. So, I had to do that before I get into this investigation. But I just wanted to share that with y'all. He didn't forget. He didn't forget those people who's who mistreated you and, and misused you. Who hurt you. Who discriminated against you. Who caused affliction. Who persecuted you. Who oppressed you. He didn't forget. He remembered. Now, some things, you know, he throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. You know, if I forgave you about it, it's gone. We're going to move on forward like it didn't happen. But some things, when it comes to his children and those who ain't from him, causes harm to his children, they will pay. They will pay. And no, I'm not seeking vengeance. He didn't got bitterness out of me from what this woman has done to me and because of the things I've, lo I've lost behind her. I don't hate her. I don't. I feel bad for her because she's miserable. Anybody that treats anyone like that is miserable. You can't be happy at home. I've seen the way your husband looked at you. You're not happy at home. Because the same nastiness you showing to others, that's what that's just you. And you showing it at home. And you doing that too with your loved ones and people close to you. Like I said before, she was discriminating and being racist to us, but she was still bullying her countrymen. She was still being controlling and nasty and mean to those she was looking out for, quote unquote. Those of her her nationality. She was still being pushy, pushy towards them and on them. No one, no one had any really good things to say about this woman. Even though she showed favoritism to, she bullied them too. Because she just nasty in the heart. After she get hit a few times, she'll calm down. But once you know she stopped getting punished and she think everything is all right and good and great, her nastiness came back. She didn't repent. She just calmed down because the, the whoopings was, was harsh. And she's still doing the most. I talked to a few people, like I said, at my job. And the way they sound on the phone was so dreadful. My other co-worker, she done left and started working for Kaiser and happy than ever. She talking to me, she said, girl, you sound good. I'm like, you sound good. We free. We got free. Them still at the job, they're miserable, tired, exhausted. Making good money, but they're tired, exhausted, having health challenges. Because being under stress, it, it, can, it can literally kill you and make you sick.
before my my disorder came out physical it was all mental only had PTSD and anxiety and then it started coming out neurologically it changed my brain structure it changed my organs it changed my intestines it changed my fight and flight it changed everything And again, it was God also using all of that to push me out and to push me in the place that I'm in. He's like I said, he's preparing me for a career change. He's preparing me to be an entrepreneur, a Proverbs 31 woman. Okay, he's pushing me to do full time ministry. My dream, my prayer has been, Father God, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I want to spend the rest of my life walking with you. I want to be known like Enoch, like Elijah, and the other prophets, Isaiah, who walked with you, Samuel, who was close to you. I want to be like them. That was my prayer. I want those mantles. I want to be known for that. Not to, to be popular or anything, but when I say I want to be known for that, people just, that's just her. She walked with the Lord. I want that to be on me more than anything else, more than riches and gold and material things, car, man, husband. I just want to be known as your daughter, your prophet, your evangelist. Your teacher, your preacher, and anything else you call me to do. I know I'm going to have to suffer. I didn't think I was going to have to suffer the way I've been suffering. And I'm glad that he didn't allow me to see the way that I was going to suffer. Because I would have backed out. But by him keeping me... You know, blinded to certain things, not allowing me to see all my future, but just bits and pieces of it. You know, it gave me the courage to push forth because he got me through those harsh affliction. Tribulations and trials and persecution. He built me up. He toughened me up. by faith because I knew no matter what was coming up against me I was going to be alright as long as I got God with me I'm going to be fine as long as me and him are connected I can still talk to him we still have our one on one moments in time I'm going to be alright as long as I can hear you Lord I'll be fine as long as I can see you moving Lord I'll be fine knowing the, this, this Bible being in this Bible Knowing that even in my quiet times, when he's being quiet, not that he's absent, he's just silent in this season. He's still there. When I'm in the hospital room, he's still there. When I was in jail, he was there. When I was going through the persecution on the job, he was there. When family and friends were leaving me, he was there. When he was telling me to go to a city where no one would know me and I wouldn't know nobody. He was there. 
Y'all love y'all so much. I'm praying for y'all. God, go. he got your back. He'll fight your battles. He's fighting your battles. Go to him. You may feel you can't afford this. I can't do this. I can't do that. He can. And again, we live in a society where everybody want to do things on their own. I don't want to do everything on my own. Daddy God, Abba, I need you. Don't you leave me. Do it all for me. And help me to do my part. Order my steps. Guide my steps. Order my hands. Help me to work in the right place that I'm supposed to work in. I don't want to be all over the place and doing things that is not necessary and unnecessary. I, I, I don't want to do that. I've done it before. I waste time before. I've been in my way before. I've been distracted before. I don't want that. Show me right. Lead me right. Make me right. All right. I'll talk to you all soon if God is willing. And this is Porch Talk Real Talk. We're done. Take care.